Vartes, and welcome to Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm Asped David Medzorian from Otterdot Lodge Number One here in Boston. Well, you can feel it. Fall is in the air now. We're all coming together each month for our Knights and Daughters of Vartan meetings in our respective communities across the country, and the pace of activity is picking up. And to many of us, the slower pace of summer, the vacations, and yes, even our own grand convocation in Las Vegas seems like a long time ago. Today, we're going to visit one of our daughters of Vartan Otiags here in New England, Ike Otiag Number 10 in Providence. I'd like you to meet Linda Keeley Short, who joined the Daughters of Vartan for the first time in 2007 and just five years later became the matron, or didui, of Ike Otiak No. 10, a position she still holds today, even though, wait for it, she now lives 3,000 miles away in Nipomo, California. Well, how on earth can you make that work? And yes, it does work. You can bet that was the first question I asked her during our conversation. Well, I guess I have to uh, thank um, the IT people for making this happen because um, I do a lot on my computer uh, communicating and I'm on the phone constantly with my uh, Tivan and trying to keep in touch with some of my members. And it seems to work. Um, I have I tell my girls I serve at your pleasure. And, you know, but nobody, everybody seems to be, I guess, pretty complacent with the way things are working. We get things done. I have a stupendous Tivan, a membership that's so supportive. And I certainly will get into that later, talking about the changes that Ike has has made over the past seven years to still be a very vibrant Ortiag. And, you know, we just... I guess I uh, have wonderful knock and diddleys who help me out. It seems to work for now. I don't see anyone wanting to step up, but I'm always happy to relinquish if they want to. So did, did like you I have, say, I serve at their pleasure. Did you have any concerns of your own when you made the move to California as to whether or not this could, in fact, work as well as it has? No, because um, I really f- uh, felt and I still feel um, I have such strong members who are back in Providence and who are so committed to uh, keeping our Ortiag going forward into the 21st century that I never had to worry. There were a couple of times that we lost, uh, I lost a very dear dear sister through cancer. Um, she was a, my Huskiwi and I had my Yeditsui doing double duty at one time, but we had a wonderful sister step up to the plate and said, I'll do Yeditsui. So, and so my Yeditsui segued into the Huskiwi. So for the first time in two years, I do have a full functioning uh, Tivon, and they are absolutely phenomenal. How long ago did you move to California? Um, three years. So you're in, so you were a native New Englander before that. Yes, uh, actually, um, I lived in Rhode Island my whole life uh, until I was married, and then my husband and I lived uh, in several western states until we moved back to Providence uh, area in uh, 1981 because uh, all our family was there. Houston, Massachusetts, and I'm from Rhode Island, and our families were all there, and we felt that it was important to have our children grow up uh, around their grandparents. 
We were chatting for a moment uh, before we went on the air here, Didoui, about uh, your feelings, not only about the daughters, but about your Armenian heritage. And let me touch on that for a moment. What was it about the mission of the Daughters of Vartan? And this is something that I'm asking to all of your counterparts across the country when I talk to them. What is it about the mission of the Daughters that inspired you to become a member in the first place and then to accept this position of leadership? Well, if um, I may, I have a little story about how I became a daughter. Please. Um, uh, uh, just to let you know that uh, my mother, full Armenian, um, and she was never a daughter. Uh, neither were my my grandparents, a, a knight or a daughter. So I did not know about the organization. It just so happened that in uh, the summer of 2006, my mother asked me to represent her at the funeral of my aunt, um, and at the Sahagan Mezrab Church. So at, after the ceremony at the Hukijash, I happened to sit next to a lovely lady who I hold very dear to my heart, Nakandiri uh, Nancy Yajin. And she started talking to me very enthusiastically about the daughters of Artem. Did I know anything about it? Was I interested? Well, at that time, I had just, I'd retired, been retired from teaching, a long career, and I was looking to get involved in something that was meaningful to me. And the more she spoke, the more interested I became because it got me back to, I would like to say my roots. I grew up, even though my father was uh, Odag, I always considered my Armenian was my true culture. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in that culture around the table with my grandparents, my cousins. You know, I don't I don't have to explain. You can certainly uh, uh, recognize that. Of course. And so I subsequently I was invited to an event that summer later on in the summer. And I absolutely loved the women. And I they, I was asked to join and I I joined and I worked my way up the chairs. I told my mom, um, I said, you know, mom, I said, I really love being around these women. And I said, I would like one day to be, at that time, I told her I wanted to be the president because she wouldn't have known where Adihawi was. Right. And so I think my greatest accomplishment was before she died, she knew I had become the Adihawi. And that to me was very special. And I just, once I got to know the women and their works and the passion that these people um, have put in throughout their lives. I mean, I have, I was counting up today. I have uh, six out of 39 members. I have six who have over 50 years of service. My, my longest, uh, Net Topakian, was initiated in 1956, and she is still an active member. My what does that tell you? That's Isn't that great? 63 years. Yeah. Yep. That is yep. extraordinary. That is extraordinary. Yep. And still active. Tell me a little bit about the Armenian community for those who are from other parts of the country in Providence and uh, just how how closely knit a community is it? I know that, you know, people geographically know that you're, you know, roughly halfway between Boston and New York City. Uh-huh. But as I have come to learn in producing these podcasts and talking to uh, both Spotabeds and Dudewees from all across the country, there is something very unique about every single location, every single part every single lodge, every single tally. Tell me what is unique about the Armenian community there in Providence and uh, from your years of living there 
and uh, how that plays into the work of the Daughters of Vartan there? Well, it's interesting because, like I say, um, I didn't grow up in Providence. I grew up 30 miles south of Providence, so I was never actively involved with the Armenian community in Providence. But that being said, um, as when I became a daughter, I obviously became much more um, involved. And as you know, that everything seems to take place through the churches. There are three Armenian churches in Providence. And I like to, uh, we're very fortunate that we have had sisters from all three churches become daughters. And we try to support as daughters, we try to support each of the festivals and different things at uh, each of the different churches. And I think being a part of the Armenian community through the churches has really enhanced my life. It's, it's taken me back to, I guess you call my roots. Now, do you speak and Armenian yourself? I don't, but when I became Dihui, and in um, you can either, many uh, Dihuis don't speak Armenian, um, but you can say the, do the uh, ritual in um, an English, but I made a vow that I would learn Armenian. And I must thank my wonderful friend, Lucy Medidician, who tutored me and helped me phonetically learn it. I could never memorize it, but I had it all written in my book. And I, I, I really um, felt pretty great about that. She was absolutely wonderful, and very patient. So that was something that I wanted to do, not again for me, but in memory of my grandparents, um, because they spoke Armenian and Turkish. My mother and her siblings spoke Armenian, but it never got passed down to us, which is unfortunate. And I really wish it had. Well, I mean, don't, I know how you feel about that. And, and I've actually spoken to a few spotabeds who, who don't speak fluent Armenian or any Armenian at all, but they still get the job done. And as you were saying yourself, it, it, it's what's inside. If it's if it's part of you, it's if you feel it in your soul, your Armenianism, it works. You know, it does. It really, really does. Talk a little bit about also. I know that um, also there in uh, Providence is Arak's College Number Eleven. How much uh, collaboration is there with the Knights in that area? In the past, according to my members who have been uh, forty-plus year members, um, it was an, they used to get together the Knights and Daughters, and they would have a, a dinner before the meetings and it was and it was a time when the women um at that time a lot of women um did not work outside of the home so this was an evening out with their husbands and it was quite a wonderful affair and they had um but as women started to work more outside the home um it it didn't happen as often as what happened with my ortiag is that when i became a member we still had the, the dinner with the nights beforehand, and then we would have our meetings. But I was noticing, and my Tivan was noticing, that a lot of our members who had been longtime members and who are now widows uh, were not able to attend the meetings because they happened at night and they did not drive at night. We had to do something because we felt strongly that these women were the backbone of our Ortiag. And so we had to change. And one of the first things we did, we said, okay, if they're not going to, cannot stay 
before uh, the meeting after, how about if we have our meeting at five o'clock? And then those who want to stay can stay for the dinner and they'll get home in a reasonable hour. Well, that seemed to work. Yeah. But what we what we did notice, David, is that when we would have uh, fundraising affairs or special luncheons, oh, my gosh, we had more of our older women come. They love the luncheons. So what happened was we now have monthly luncheons at um, at the Marriott Hotel in Providence. And we get probably averaging about 17 to 20 women come every month. And this has been a boon to our older members. And it has gotten them involved much more in the Orteag. What, and we still, um, now we, unfortunately, we don't meet with the Knights as often as we did. Um, actually, it's down to about once or twice a year. Um, we do. We will be meeting with them when they have their um, uh, graduates night. And I am. I work with uh, Spotterbed Art Yerumian, who's absolutely a delight to work with. In fact, as an aside, his wife was our, was our newest member. She's been a member for a year. Very enthusiastic and. In fact, I don't know if you know, but the um, Avak Spotterbed was able to come to our meeting, our last meeting. Uh, he just so happened to be coming to make a visit to the college in Providence, and his plane landed at noontime. Just as happens we were having our luncheon meeting at the same hotel as he was staying, uh-huh. and uh, uh, the Spotterbed Art went to pick him up and uh, brought him. And he was able to uh, share a luncheon with us and speak eloquently um, to our women. And that was a real special event for our our women. So I guess to answer your question, uh, we don't seem to, because of the difficulty of a lot of our women don't drive at night, um, that we don't meet with the nights like we used to. Is there an effort underway to attract new members? Yes, Um, And I must say, um, I look with envy at a lot of the larger Orteogs, especially um, in like, you know, Detroit places and obviously in California and even on the on the East Coast, like Boston area, because you have a lot of Armenians to draw from. Um, Providence doesn't seem to have the population of the Armenians that the other places have. So we do, we've had teas in the past when we find out that someone might be interested. We do have teas um, to uh, invite them to one of our members' homes, make it informal, and that has worked in the past. But I think one of the problems is that we have found is that so many women work outside the homes and at this time, and it's hard to attract them. We're talking with Otiag uh, number 10, Didui Linda Keeley Short. She's in California, but the Otiag is in Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, by Jove, they are making that work. And uh, again, we thank you for being on the Talking Vartan podcast. Let's talk a little bit about Armenia and Armenian in itself. Um, I, you told us off, you told me off the air that you have not yet visited Armenia, but it's on the bucket list, so to speak. That is something you'd like to do. Tell me why you want to go there. Well, um, I'd like to um, just tell you a little bit about my 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 grandfather, who was a, a real inspiration 
for me. Please. Um, he uh, was very, very, both his father uh, and his grandfather uh, were uh, part, worked at, um, I think they're called with a verger's. I think they call maybe they were helped out at the church in in army in when they were in Harput. Okay, and he um, grew up in a very religious household, and he had a uh, very dedicated to the um, Armenian Church and uh, to charitable giving. He became um, at, he was the godfather to Vascon the first, and he was present at the consecration in Etchmiadzin in October of 1955. Now, you're referring, at, of course, to um, Voskhen, the first Catholicos yes. of all of Armenians yes. who passed yes. away in 1994. Yes. Okay. And as a result, um, he was a participant in that ceremony. Um, the, His Holiness asked my grandfather what he would like. And he, he said... What he did, he asked for uh, the dove containing the holy muran that was used, and he was he was given that. And what my grandfather did, he then presented it to the priest at St. John the Baptist Armenian Apostolic Church of Miami, uh, Florida, which he had uh, founded and built in memory of his father. And that church, unfortunately, no longer exists. I have no idea what happened to the the holy the dove. Um, I hope it is somewhere in one of the churches in Florida. But not only am I so proud of him for that, but David he gave to he started charities to help Armenian orphans throughout the Middle East. Um, he supported school children. He never only had about three years of formal education, and he was a real advocate for helping those in need. And I think that's one of the things when I got uh, became a daughter, I saw that they wanted to help others. And I really like that giving, giving to others. Well, the way you're and, talking about him, Diderwe, he would have made a, a wonderful osped, a wonderful night. Yes, yes, yes. And, and as an aside, I did not even realize this, but that my great aunt, my grandma's youngest sister, was the first Diderwe of Ike Ortiag. Really? And I did not know that until I became a member. But I think one of the, and you asked, I know, um, one of the things I know that you are interested in is what we do as an Ortiag to support uh, different Armenian causes. Yes. And um, we have in the past the charity we've given to Merdun, the Armenian Tree Project, uh, fundraisers for the Armenian Eye Care Project, SOAR, Project Save, the Milk Fund. And one of our uh, fundraisers we uh, for the Armenian Nursing and Rehab Center in Jamaica Plains, mm-hmm. Uh, fuller housing. But my sisters over the last five years, a lot of them give individually to uh, Armenian organizations in Armenia, but they wanted, we have a need in Providence. We saw a need amongst Armenians and we have given to all three churches, uh, gift cards and money to help people. And one of the things I'm very, very proud of is one of my sister's 
um, at one of our meetings about five years ago, she asked if we could if we could begin an Ike Ortiak scholarship fund and an academic scholarship fund. And she took the lead on it. And we now give one thousand dollar scholarships every year to a worthy uh, Armenian in Rhode Island, or if the person, if the young person lives outside of Rhode Island, their parent, uh, their they must have a connection with Ike or Tiag. So it's truly uh, where we are, and this year we we get to give two one thousand uh, dollar scholarship funds. Plus, we also sponsor we sponsored for the last three years a young man um, whose family emigrated here from Iran, Armenian, and uh, money. Uh, he has some real severe money issues, and we always give him money every year to use for school books. So I guess we really want to keep it more local and we depend on our sisters to if they want to give like to the Armenian Tree Project or whatever, um, they do it themselves. But we are more concentrating on our local, our local um, area. Well, did we as someone who only visited Armenia for the very first time just eight years ago in 2011, uh, I can tell you it's a life changing experience. And uh, once you go, it will change you forever for the better uh, because yes. you will if you appreciate your armenianism now you will really appreciate it when you once you go over there because i had a lot of misconceptions to be perfectly honest about what i was going to find there but uh between the the hospitality of the people and the history much of which i already knew about and the incredible food let me tell you and and, and the scenery which is just absolutely breathtaking it's it's it really is a life-changing experience so if you do have the opportunity to go i I strongly highly recommend that you do so you'll never forget it as long as you live well that's going to be probably one of my next trips i keep telling my husband you know you love the armenian food then you better come with me (laughs) i had the best lamb I have ever had in my entire life over there in Armenia. And I also had the, we went to the Garni temple, which is um, a a bit of a drive from Yerevan and it's an ancient temple, but right near there, there were these wonderful elderly Armenian women and they were selling, and I know there's an Armenian name for it. And please forgive me for not knowing, perhaps you do. It's a sweet bread that they were selling over there and uh, I bought a couple of loaves of it and my God, it was the most delicious bread I've ever had in my entire life and in fact, I took a few loaves with me to Paris when I where I went right after Armenia and uh, so you, you believe me, you're going to love it. You're just going to love it. Well, I can't wait because I really feel that um, and none of my cousins have been, even the, the, the my cousins who are 100% Armenian, they've, they've never been. So I, I really feel that uh, to me it would be very special and I definitely want to go to Etchmiad's Inn. I want to be in the place where my grandfather was. I, I feel that I will have such a closeness, you know, it'd just be like coming home again. I just, I feel very strongly about that. You will, you'll feel exactly that way. And it will, if that, if being in there for the first time doesn't put a lump in your throat, nothing will. And, and I have a lump in my throat right now just talking about I'm sure, it. I'm sure, I'm sure. with you. As we as we bring our conversation to a close, uh, Didui, and by the way, we are speaking with Didui Linda Keeley Short from the Ike Otiag Number Ten in Providence, Rhode Island. Is there anything about uh, the the efforts of the Otiag there or your own 
personal feelings about the Daughters of Vartan that you wanted to touch on uh, before we say goodbye? I really feel strongly that uh, about the role of Armenian women. And I think <clears throat> that being a member of the Daughters of Vartan is very, to me, it's been very important as my role as an Armenian woman, uh, because I feel that it gives me, and I, I think I speak for my Ortiag, we celebrate our identity by perpetuating our rich Armenian culture. And it's a way that I feel that we can perpetuate our culture if we can somehow attract younger members. And that's something that I know that I will be talking about and trying to enlist the aid of the, the, the sisters that I meet at the convocation. I mean, how moving forward into the 21st century, Ike Ortiag changed and we had to change, like I told you about, by making day meetings involving all our members. Of course. And that's great. But now how do we move forward and one of the, and when you talk about our mission, I feel that Ike Ortiag, for me personally, is a strong magnet that draws our sisters close together and close to one another. And the kindness of my sisters that I see for other sisters is overwhelming. I, uh, and that they are, that I, I feel that Ike Ortiag will remain a strong and vibrant Ortiag. Uh, with the help of my dedicated sisters who are really committed to the principles of our organization, which I feel are integrity, devotion, compassion, humility, love, friendship, and kindness. And I see those exhibited by the outreach of my sisters toward one another. I can't tell you how proud I am of my wonderful sisters. And they truly are sisters in the true sense of the word. I mean that. And I do have a passion. I absolutely have a passion for this organization. My very special thanks to Dirui Linda Keeley Short of Ike Otiak Number no. 10 in Providence, Rhode Island. We appreciate her being on the program and joining us from her home in Nipomo, California. I had the honor of meeting her in person at this summer's Grand Convocation in Las Vegas. Now, speaking of the Grand Convocation, both past and future, you can relive the highlights of a very special week in Las Vegas this past July by going to either the Talking Vartan Facebook page, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan Facebook page, and the Knights and Daughters of Vartan website at kofv.org, where two commemorative videos are available for your viewing. One is quite short, while the other is a bit longer and covers more of the events in detail. Of course, the most recent issue of the Avaride, which is now available, also includes extensive coverage of the Grand Convocation. Now, as far as next year's Grand Convocation in Glendale, California is concerned, good news there. You can book your room right now, and you can take the highway to L.A. Our home for the Grand Convocation will be the Hilton Los Angeles North in Glendale. It's right in the heart of California's Armenian community. It's right near Hollywood, too. In fact, a tour of Warner Brothers Film Studios is on the agenda for attendees, the dates of which are July 14th through the 19th, 
2020. Again, July 14th through the 19th, 2020. You can go to the Knights and Daughters of Vartan website at kofv.org. Go to the pull-down menu under Main and click on Grand Convocation 2020. There you will find a link to the hotel, and using that link, you can book your room at a very reduced Grand Convocation rate. So don't wait. Book now and guarantee your spot for next summer, and I'll see you in Glendale. There'll be much more on Grand Convocation 2020 in the months ahead. As always, check out the Knights and Daughters of Arts on Facebook page for the latest news and photographs submitted by our fellow brothers and sisters from across the country, as well as our communications liaison. Always something new and interesting to see there. And our website at kofv.org. The Facebook page, the website, and the Knights and Daughters of Vartan YouTube channel are all managed by our terrific communications liaison in Armenia, Kohar Palian. As always, special thanks to Malbar Samian for our theme music, Lorke Lorke, from his album One Take, Armenian Dance Tunes. Mal's new album, The Exciting Sounds of the Malbar Samian Band, Armenian Instrumental Dance Music, is now available for purchase on CD or through iTunes, Amazon Music, and Spotify. You can listen to and download all of our Talking Vartan podcasts by going to iTunes or SoundCloud and typing in Talking Vartan. You can also access them by visiting the Talking Vartan Facebook page. If you would like to have your Knights or Daughters Lodge profiled on an upcoming podcast episode, or if you know of a particular Knight or Daughter who you think individually should deserve some recognition, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me through the Talking Vartan Facebook page or by email at TalkingVartanPodcast at gmail.com. Again, I'll say it is TalkingVartanPodcast at gmail.com. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast, is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and Asped David Medzorian. Any broadcast, distribution, or use of this podcast without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. It was Dr. Martin Luther King who said that everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Thank you for your service to the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. I'm Asped David Medzorian. Till next time, thanks for joining me. So that's